Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The State of African Americans in Pro Wrestling With your host, DJ Impact and Simon Street Alright, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting I am DJ Impact I have Simon Street, also from Vegas Bad Boys with us And we're excited because we have a special show that we are presenting for Black History Month. We're going to try to put a few of these out during the month, but um, until then, just kind of stand by. Now, I got three guys here that's going to help us talk about the state of African Americans in professional wrestling. This uh, talk is really just to enlighten you. These are just all of our different thoughts and opinions on what we feel uh, the state is right now. So uh, hopefully you get something out of it. Now we do have with us Mr. Classic. Now he's out of Arizona and he's uh, wrestled for versus Phoenix Championship Wrestling and ICIZW. So welcome, Mr. Classic. Did I get thank some you. of that right? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Pretty right. Good. We also got Gregory Sharp over here. He's the uh, former Hyper Streak, uh, wrestles for FSW. And who else you wrestle for? Anyone else, Gregory? Uh, versus Grap House. Okay. Uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling. Gotcha. Yale Lucha in Chicago. Uh, a couple other places in Washington. So okay. on and so forth. Man, the, the list is huge. And we have Shogun with us, who's the former FSW. W tag team champion and is part of the number one contenders for the FSW tag team championships with Hero Lou. Is that all right, Shogun? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for uh, for being a part of our panel for our discussion. Uh, Simon Street, I'm going to let you kick off the question, and we're going to go from there. So pretty much, gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for coming out and spending your time with us for us to kind of talk about the subject of the state of uh, pro wrestling with regards to promoting black talent. Um, some of the questions that we're going to be talking about is everybody's opinion, you know, uh, perspective on, you know, kind of where is the state right now, whether it be uh, it, it, in the indie circuit or if it be in the major promotions. Uh, so I guess the first question I'm going to put out there, I'm going to give each one of y'all an opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, kind of, Put yourself out there and um, kind of share your own experiences is do you think that in the last let's put it out there 10 years things have progressively gotten better worse or room to grow in with regards to the state of pro wrestling and um the exposure uh of the let's put it this way the black wrestler let's go ahead and go with uh sharp we'll have you uh go ahead and, and go at that question first if you're ready for that I mean, things are really exploding right now, especially for uh, black African-American wrestlers. We're really all over the place. Um, I mean, here locally in Vegas, it's crazy to me, especially now all, I mean, regards to everybody else, but as far as I can tell, as far as I can see, like some of the best wrestlers here in this city are all black. Um, and that's just kind of how, how it's always been. Uh, from Kenny King to Legacy to 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 Shoga to Chris Bay to uh, Papi Yase, uh so on and so forth. Um, 
and it's just crazy. And now it's kind of exploding even more. So on the main scene in AEW and WWE, uh, a little bit in MLW. I know, um, damn, I forgot his name, but he just won the national title after Hammerstone vacated. Uh, I believe it's Kane something. Uh, he's another really great talent. Um, but yeah, black wrestling all over the world, it's really starting to pop off. And it's great that the talent is so strong and it's so apparent that you can't really ignore it. You can go to any any promotion, especially the major promotions, and you're going to find great black talent. You can't ignore it. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well said. Well said. Um, Shogun, what do you think uh, with regards to um, that question? I personally feel like it has gotten a lot better, but to me, there's still room to grow. There's always going to be room to grow. Like, we are just now getting more of a, the Black excellence thing going on. You know, we're finally having Black heavyweight champions on the mainstream, but like I said, it can, it can still be better. What about uh, for yourself, Classic? I definitely agree, for sure. Uh, it's gotten better. There could definitely be more room to grow. I mean, we just had Biggie, Bobby Lashley, WWE champions this past year. Right. Do you know how to, I mean, take it back, take it back to that WrestleMania where Kofi won. I mean, I think we all can remember how we all felt that night. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. There's a list out there called the BW 500. Do you know, that's 500 of the best black wrestlers out there. Some of which I've wrestled against. Some of them I would love to wrestle against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Right, like Shogun said, there is more room to grow, but for sure, we're definitely in an upward direction with black wrestling overall. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I mean, with in terms of in terms of WWE, it had been a while uh, before we had got to Kofi uh, as being champion, and then from that point, starting to progress to see more uh African Americans as 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 champions with the with the world with the WWE championship or with the um with the universal title. Um it's a good thing to see that now that you know as I guess they say better late than never um that we're beginning to see that more um at least when it comes to the biggest promotion. Uh but we have a lot of other promotions out there that in some ways are trying to play maybe catch up. Um, I'm just curious, how do you guys feel about at least the representation that's on your on your television from all the different promotions? Do you think that we are being, I would say, uh, are, are we being represented um, in a positive light in these promotions? And that's all of them. I mean, do you do you see this as being a positive, or do you see it still being a struggle? And I'll either one of you. That's a good question. <laughs> well, well, I can kind of yeah. jump in just, just just a little bit with that question while you guys are uh, are getting ready. So for me, you know, uh, from my standpoint, my perspective is I'm looking at a product, right? You know, I mean, obviously. You know, I'm not an in-ring competitor or anything like that. Much shouts out to everybody who is. But as a product, and I look at it not only as a fan, but as somebody that also, you know, looks 
wants to look more into the business side, I see it as definitely uh, chips all in on representing uh, the draw for black wrestlers in a major promotion. You know, um, I think a lot of things have happened. But for me, I want to see more versatility. You see what I'm saying? When I look at Kofi Kingston, I look at Bobby Lashley. I look at, um, you know, even before we, we could look at The Rock, you know, my only fear is cookie cutter or, or or putting the black wrestler in a box. Is there room in the future to expand upon that to where, you know, maybe other promotions or uh, whether that be an indie circuit or be a lot larger promotions? Are they comfortable with being able to, to, to face that challenge with, let's say, um, you know, whoever's holding their main title and their biggest draw? And that happens to be black. Is there more versatility for them to show whether it could be somebody that may be black and also representing the uh, LBGTQ community? Or is there a, a, a type of way that we can have somebody that doesn't have to be super tough like Bobby Lashley? You see what I'm saying? I felt like Big E kind of represented a little bit of that outside the box a little bit. I mean, obviously, the New Day as a group collectively was a little different than what previous years maybe have dictated. So for me, for that answer, I would say I'm looking for more versatility. And I don't want to stop. I want us to keep growing and expanding. Uh, what would you gentlemen say with regards to that? <clears throat> I would say, I would, I, I would say uh, okay, thank you. Um, I would say we could definitely use a lot more variety okay. on, on screen. Because New Day had their thing. They were out of the box. Great. Rock had his own little niche. But take, for example, Shelton Benjamin, his first run. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't much to him. I would like, let's say, let's say Greg and Shogun and I were all in the same park. We're all at the same. We, we, I feel like we need to dig deep within ourselves, personally. Not personally, but like, I, we need to dig deep within ourselves to add more variety, to, add, to stand out from the rest of the card. In other words, you're saying um, we don't need to necessarily be uh, dancing, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we don't need to be gangsters. We need to have yeah. something else. You know? We need to be ourselves, you know what I mean? Yes. And wh exactly. whatever that is is whatever that is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you could see these people and they, you could say, oh, they're being a character, but no, they're just being themselves. Like Ice Williams is not a character. That's who he is. Like I know him, and that's he's not putting on anything. You just turn the light on, and he gets to go be himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm being myself. I feel like Shogun is being himself. Classic is being himself. All these dudes just need to be themselves, and they don't need to be told, "Oh, we need you to be these stereotypical archetype characters for audiences to understand." Fuck all that. Like, yeah. Be yourself mm -hmm. and then just go out there and get over. Why do you uh, over here even like in uh, AEW, Scorpio Sky, that's Scorpio Sky being himself. He's not out there dancing, carrying on, acting any kind of way. No, he's just being who he is. You know, you mentioned Scorpio Sky. Let me ask you this, though. In terms of AEW, it seems like, and again, and this is this is through my, my eyes, that they seem to be kind of moving slow in terms of getting African-Americans into positions of being 
uh, champions or being somebody that um, fans can just cheer for. I thought Scorpio Sky was a guy, as, as especially with with with, with SoCal. Um, I thought when that whole thing broke up, maybe he was going to be the one they were going to kind of push. Maybe not even for the AW title, but maybe for the the TNT or some other title push. But now he's kind of you know in the uh, being a sidekick to Ethan Page. Outside of him, they just picked up um, Jay Lethal, of course, from Ring of Honor. Where's the rep- representation? I mean, yes, we got Jay Cargo, and we could talk to about the women in a minute, but where do you see it on that show? Because we could spend a, a long list of what we see in WWE, and even in Impact. Impact probably has no more than a, a good handful of black wrestlers, but we do see them prominently positioned on the show. You got Moose, of course, who is their Impact World title. You got Tasha Steeles, who is fighting for the uh, the Knockouts title. You know, so we do see the uh, on a regular basis happening within on Impact. But I am wondering what's what's going on with AEW. Any comments on that? Do you guys see it that way, or am I uh, not looking at it with my eyes fully open? I see it. I see it the same way you do, but. I give AEW the benefit of the doubt only because they're still relatively new. Okay. You know, Impact's been around for, you know, I don't know how many years. WWE's been around for how many years, you know. So they are moving slower. But to me, like, even though, like, they are just brand new to me, it's just like when I watch it, I don't really see anybody that stand out, like, stand out like that like there's some characters on there don't give me that but no one over there to me has got me like oh man that that's the dude right there nah it's just yeah that's cool you know i don't really feel, I don't feel like no one's really up there like that that's just that's my opinion no i agree as much as i like sky and as great as i think that he is mm-hmm. uh, i think he's very capable of being up there and i feel like when he was challenging for the TNT title back when Cody was the champion, I was like, oh, okay, he could really take this right now and I'd be into it because I was feeling him at that time. Right. But now mm-hmm. what he's doing, it's not that he's bad. I, I just don't I don't feel it anymore. You you don't see a champion yeah, know, with him, is what you're saying. Uh, he's at that level yet. Uh, I think that he could be at that level, but it's just about getting all the pieces in, in the right places. Like Kofi was at that level. He'd always been at that level. Mm-hmm. But at that point when he was going for the championship, he had everything in place and everything just started to click and everything was in motion. Everything was moving and you could feel them. It was real and tangible. They didn't have to make it up or like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to we're going to go with Kofi now. Like people wanted it. They people did. were dying for it. That was what they wanted. And that's what they were paying for. Whereas if they try to do that with Scorpio Sky right now, say, for instance, or even like uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, I, I just I don't think I would buy it. I, I don't think I'd be into it. I think it'd be cool. To see him, but I, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, it's interesting mm. that you say that, Sharp, because, you know, when I think of, um, you know, like Bobby Lashley in that same instance, you know, Bobby Lashley been around for a minute, a hot minute. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, but everything seems to just clicked perfectly, you know, obviously pairing him up with, you know, uh, MVP, which, you know, he was doing that at Impact Wrestling. I remember it was him, Kenny King. Um, all of them together, they was doing some big things. That when it was TNA, just before it turned yeah, into yeah, Impact Wrestling. So 
So it, the, the the scenario just made sense to have them two be together, and it seemed like that clicked. It seemed more organic for us to believe in the almighty Bobby Lashley, and so that, I, I feel, took him further. You sometimes feel like that whole science of, you know, obviously having to get over with the crowd, you know what I mean, having it to see feel organic. Do you feel like we're at a point now to where, you know, um, a black wrestler doesn't have to necessarily fit in a box. And I mean, as you obviously progress to major, more major promotions, they're going to have a little bit more for say of, of what they would like you to do to a certain extent. And I'm just saying that as, as just assuming, do, do no, you feel like that's no, a barrier? I mean, so check this out. Mm-hmm. Moose, powerhouse Hobbs, Kofi Kingston, Jonathan Gresham, four different companies, four completely different people. Mm-hmm. All of them over to an extent, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're they're all their own people, and they're no box at all. They're their own box. You have one of the greatest technical wrestlers on the earth in Jonathan Gresham. You have mm-hmm. an incredible powerhouse in Powerhouse Hobbs. You have a incredible uh, character in Moose, Kofi Kingston, one of the greatest baby faces of all time, of all time, bar none. Uh, so you just got to, like I was saying, like, just let these people be themselves. Uh, I think we're really busted out of that box. I don't think it really necessarily exists anymore. I think if people were to see somebody having to come out and have to do, like, the African crazy witch doctor gimmick or, like, the, hey, man, I just came off the street and I'm dancing like a fool kind of gimmick, like, people would kind of reject it nowadays because they, they know that shit's not real anymore. That basically what... what... But those characters he just described, that's basically insulting everyone's intelligence. So it's like, okay. Like, that part. That part. This is like, don't, don't insult my intelligence like that. We all, that is not, that is not what really happens here. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the, the, the benefits of, I mean, at least for what I'm seeing where uh, the industry is going, more believable characters, more like, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Sharp, people just kind of being themselves. When you yeah. allow people to be themselves is a lot easier for them to, to to provide more layers of context, which is something that people can consume and is more to them. Um, the other question I do want to kind of pose, because I appreciate uh, you and you kind of hit on the on the head, is this box. This box doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, just in general. No. All right. So with it not existing anymore, what would we need to do? Or what do you foresee needs to happen for us to keep progressing? Do you think it's something that's just going to happen because it's already on track to? Or do you see uh, some barriers and challenges moving forward that, that may make it a little bit harder for us to get to that goal of just everything being just it's the norm? Or are we already at the norm now? I mean, there's always going to be barriers. There's always going to be challenges. That's just how it kind of works. Um, I think things are more accepting. Things think. Uh, it's definitely a lot better because I, I think I came in earlier than, you know, everyone else in the chat, you know, no disrespect by any means, uh, back in 09. And back then, yeah, it was definitely like, bro, you better have some kind of fucking archetype. You better learn how to dance. You better do something, which to think is like fucking crazy. I'm not that Ooh. old. That wasn't that long ago. But still, uh, I think that's when, uh, yeah, Kofi was still kind of hot on the scene and just getting out of getting doing the Jamaican gimmick because he wasn't even Jamaican. But to be on television and black on television, you had to be some kind of acceptable archetype. And for them, oh, we've never seen a Jamaican character before. So now Kofi Kingston from Ghana, 
uh, West Africa, you're going to be Jamaican because that's what our audience can accept. That's why our audience understands. That's what they know. But nowadays, we're kind of far away from that. And people, they have the internet ready at the helm at any given time, and they can just look you up. So if you are coming out as like, oh, I'm so-and-so from this place, they can go, oh, no, you're not. That's kind of bullshit. And they're not going to feel you, and they're not going to get into you. So you have to be more honest with what you're doing and who you're trying to portray, because if that's not you, then people are going to see right through that, and it's going to fail every single time. Well, you know, I mean, Apollo Crews, when he now decided to Oh, bring yeah. out his Nigerian mm. roots. Now, <laughs> listen, let's talk about most, that. Let's talk never about mind. that. Yeah, yeah, never mind. I forgot those two on that. Most people <laughs> talk about archetypes, right? But most, but that. most people, yeah. they, you know, they hate that whole, they hate the whole gimmick. They think that his accent is fake, but that's is his roots. Is that not acceptable? I mean, even if you don't like the character, if you feel he's not, um. Plan it out. I, I would assume Apollo is is doing his best to not disrespect uh, Nigeria. I would right. think. See, but in I our eyes, like, we may think yeah. that's different. Go ahead, Mister Classic. I'm sorry. All right. Are you gonna say something, Shogun? Oh, so uh, yeah. Go, Classic. Uh, you go. You go first. Uh, let's uh, For someone who's a first generation from a Liberian-born family. I, I can respect Apollo for honoring his roots. Okay. But I feel like the accent, I was like, okay. It's like, you didn't speak with an accent before, and now you got the accent now. It's kind of throwing me off now. But I will not, I will give him a lot of credit for honoring his West African roots. But for seeing uh, Kofi getting announced from Ghana, now actually I feel like it makes it cool for me to actually start to embrace my Liberian heritage as well. Mm. But. That's that's what that's why I wanted to once the Apollo Cruz thing I brought up. That's why now, yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of my African heritage here. But... Good. Yeah. Uh, to me, the thing about Apollo Cruz is, I, it's cool that you know he's going back to his roots and like trying to do that whole thing. But it's more to me. It's like it's not as believable, you know, because. That may be his roots and this and that, but it doesn't sound like 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 him for real. Just like uh, you're, you're trying to be something, and it's like that's not you. You know that you may be from over here. This is who you are, but you don't this you don't move like this, dude. This is just kind of weird. So to me, it's not always about trying to really just be yourself because some people are really good at just being characters. It's just are you really believable or not? You know, with like someone like that's not black, you know, like Bray Wyatt, you know, his character, I believe the shit out of him. Like that's him as a character is just believable. And that's the thing I find what's wrong with some, like some wrestlers like, you know, that are black is just like, you're trying to do something. You think this is you, but at the same time, this ain't really you. I'm not believing this dude. Like this is not who you are. So that's why I feel like there's a problem with that's like a problem in black, uh, black wrestling because a lot of people don't know how to book black wrestlers. They just go to the immediate stereotype, like, you know, like, you know, Jamaican, you know, black dude, Jamaican, you know, he has dreadlocks. Let's 
let's run with that. It's just, you know, how long did it really take for Kofi to start being himself? It took a minute, you know. Of course, they're going to just slap a gimmick on you just to get you somewhere, you know. But if you listen to Kofi, you know, he's, uh, what, he says he's from West Africa. Does he sound African at all? No, he just sounds like a Kofi Kingston. Like, he sounds real as hell. It sounds like him. So it's believable because I feel like when he starts talking, I feel like he's really talking to me. And it's just about being believable. Like, yeah, be yourself. But at the same time, it's like, do you believe the shit that's coming out your mouth? You know, let's get, let's get let's be real with it. Well, l- let me ask y'all this question. And, you know, we talk about being believable, right? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. When you know in the Indian circuit, you you probably do have way more uh, uh, you know links to be able to be creatively your own, however you want to do it, right? I mean, you don't have too many people telling you can and can't do something, right? Versus if you get up in the WWE, you know damn well they're gonna put you through a, a somewhat of a filter, right? So my question is: is we talked about how Kofi Kingston just Presented the real life of what it is to be, okay, if you're from West Africa, but you've lived in America for quite some time, just going to be yourself. You have your roots, you pay homage to your roots, but you're still who you are. Your ambitions are your own, right? That's believable. When you start getting into, uh, you know, bigger promotions or whatnot, do you kind of feel sometimes that because the promotion scope of what it means to be uh, African-American may be very small, do you feel like that's a barrier that sometimes we have to advocate for ourselves to be able to say, like, hey, there's a lot more to me being um, African-American in America that I can portray and many people can identify to it and connect with it and it can be believable? Yeah, I thought like this that's a barrier still. Yeah. Because I'll be real with you. I remember, uh, you know, back in the day watching New Jack. And I believed everything he was talking about, you know, and I didn't know him personally. I was like, well, he looked like he the realist, you know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, like like he seemed believable, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, when when, when I'm watching uh, Willie Mac, I, I believe it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's Willie Mac. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, for people who got a chance to talk to Willie Mac, it's Willie Mac. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I think about those guys if they were in today's upper promotion. Could they be booked? I mean, they probably would have to be a little uh, censored, I'm pretty sure, to a certain extent. But could they still be them? Could that be something that's believable? Do you see what I'm saying? I I think they can be believable. But I think when you get up in there, up in the world like that, they're going to slap, you know, the bland sticker on you. And then, you know, as time goes on, you kind of just start, you know, throwing some salt. You start throwing some seasoning on there and then see where it kind of goes. And if it's good, it's good. If it's not. You know, and then it's, you know, you, you get slapped out real quick. Just, because yeah. when I see when I see guys like Montez Ford, like I believe that's Montez Ford. Like that's right. that's mm-hmm. him. That's that's definitely him. You know, but when I first started watching him, he wasn't like that. Like it's slowly just starting to progress. So I think, of course, you're gonna get slapped with the, you know, you're the Walmart brand. Here we go. We're gonna just see where you go, and then. You know, let's see if you can uh, become that that designer bag. You know, let's see if you can get up there with uh, with what you got. If not, then you know, on to the next one. 
Yeah, I mean, when you get up there, it's just kind of a struggle or fight to keep uh, some of the stuff that makes you you. Of course, you know, I've never been there myself. Um, but from dealings with friends that they've kind of told me about is that it, you're just trying, someone's trying to tell you how to be yourself and you're just trying to figure out ways that you can be yourself out there or figure out ways that you can be yourself that's a commodity, figure out ways that you can be yourself that gets over and is tangible and something that works. Like for a long time, uh, they try, they're trying to figure out a way to make Sami Zayn work and finally, he's kind of figured out a way to make himself work in that avenue. Um, so for somebody like Willie Mack, I, you can try and make him as blind as you want to, but he's just a character, and I feel like that would just kind of come through. And someone that, that's like Apollo Crews, um, he didn't have as much character. And now I applaud him for trying to do something because there's a lot of guys who get there and they don't seem to understand that the, the wrestling that got them there while it's really great, it's not going to be the thing that people can imitate and take away from you. Uh, like your in-ring has to be separate from your character, but that character still has to be there. So while what Apollo Crews is doing right now may not be the most believable thing, I, I do applaud him for at least like risking something and going out there and doing something different and trying something and trying to pay homage to that, that heritage as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Rock, I mean, think about it. It took The Rock forever to get to being The Rock. I feel like it's a whole lot of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, don't, like, give up if one thing doesn't... Like, like you said, Apollo Crews, a lot of credit for that. He's trying, he's trying to become some sort of character. There's some guys who... Some guys who... Uh, I just... Like for example, like Shelton Benjamin again. Sorry, I don't mean to pick on him. Great guy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But it's like, remember that he didn't have much. And I don't want to see him go far, but now I can't understand. But damn, it's like, even me, I'm still doing a whole lot of trial and error stuff here on the Indies. That's why I feel like this is like a perfect place for me. But at the end of the day, we have what it takes. And there are always going to be barriers to moving on up on the card, but. And we don't let that push us down. Hell no. <laughs> we we haven't, and we sure as hell could do it anytime soon. No, it's always going to be a fight regardless of skin color. Like, uh, there there might be places where it's going to be beneficial to you to look a certain way, to sound a certain way. But regardless, if you're a professional wrestler trying to make it in any major company, it's going to be a fight. Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely been a lot more adversity in the past, it's gotten better. It still could be better. Uh, I mean, like we were saying earlier, uh, Kofi Kingston had to be Jamaican to get on TV. Had to be. Um, mm. um, somebody else, uh, like Crime Time, had to do that character, had to do that gimmick. Mind you, I found Crime Time to be extremely entertaining and very believable oh, yeah. and a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, they they took that, that archetype kind of bullshit character and they poked fun at it, kind of like they did with the Mexicals as well. And those things, mm-hmm. those were fun because that was like us 
taking those stereotypes back from other people and then like oh this is what you think of us and like kind of turning it up and making it really silly and ridiculous like oh yeah yeah, we're just about money and we steal shit but at the same time like i'm gonna get into the camera and like do a shout out right now because i feel like it uh like that was that was really fun and they they really did their thing with those kind of things but then you can come back and reinvent yourself entirely like jtg has done now and he's like so entertaining and so versatile and like he he's really showing his worth and that's after i, I don't know 15 20 years in the business yeah, quite a minute what uh, do you so gentlemen just, think yeah. oh go ahead miss classic i was about to say this really shelton did show i forgot about the gold standard so take that back oh yeah that shit was hard i actually <laughs> like that one actually i forgot about that one i did like that yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's I think that's a good example good of those barriers because uh, there there was like we were saying like that was a good thing that he was doing, and they were just like nah nah nah, and I like Sean Benjamin. I whenever I met him, I've never heard anyone say a cross word or bad word about him. So I can't say it was like his politics ever bad, but like he was doing something good. He was doing he was doing good with the thing that they gave him, and yet they still didn't give it to him. And even more recently with, uh, what, what was the name of the MVP's group? Um, you're talking about, you're talking about back in the, uh, the beatdown clan? Oh, beat. no, 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 With Bobby and Sheldon and Cedric. Oh, the business. Hurt Business. Yeah. Yeah, the Hurt, hurt business. business. That was fucking tight. Yeah, that was, was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Was. That was so good. And they cut it off. Like, they cut the legs out from under it. And Twice. maybe that's wwe being stupid or maybe that's because uh they just don't understand how to book black characters or how to use black characters i don't know but yeah that's a perfect example of that barrier still kind of being there because they just don't i think there's like a there's a separation like they they see it and they accept it of course like they're cool with it but at the same time they just don't they don't get it you know what I mean? Because that's the best that Cedric has been in his entire time being there. That's the best Sheldon has been in years and mm-hmm. made Bobby look, look like an incredible uh, wrestler. It made him so much more tangible and so much more believable. Uh, MVP looked like a man because he's like, oh, hey, let me take these three guys who were kind of struggling and bring them up. And now all these guys are so successful and they're so much better than they were. It's kind of like how Xavier took himself and Kobe and Biggie six, seven, eight years ago and he made the new day. And now these three guys who are kind of floundering are your top act. Um, I think a lot of that could have been the same with the Hurt business, but they're just like, no, no, we don't really get it. We don't really see it going anywhere. And and they kinda cut their legs out from under them, like Classic said, twice. You know, you, you know it's interesting when I, whenever I hear uh New Day, right? And kind of in comparison to like uh Hurt business, I think of Merch sales. Yeah, because, you know, obviously when you get up there, especially WWE, AEW, you got to look at merch sales. And ain't nobody was selling merch no better than New Day when they came out. No. I mean, I, I I was buying shirts and stuff. So I wonder sometimes, does that play a role, you think, a little bit in that scenario? We, we just, just comparing those two, New Day well, and Hurt Business. Well, in the beginning, the New Day didn't have that great of a shirt. Like, they even talked about no, themselves. First, like, yeah. their first shirt was, it was all right, but it was just a shirt. Like, nobody cared. It, and it took them a while, like, getting over and figuring out the character and making it their own. Because when the New Day first came out, they were pastors or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. they were, like, forced into being faces. And people really didn't get it. But it wasn't until they kind of turned heel and they started showing their ass and they started getting into being themselves 
uh, that's when you got like the real good uh, New Day merch. And I feel like the Hurt Business could have done the same thing, but they never got that chance. Like they were going along, things were moving along steadily, and they were starting to gel as a group. But before they could really get that get that going for themselves, so it's like, oh no, it's over. And then they try to do it again, and it's like, oh no, it's over again. So the, they only had what one T-shirt, just the one black and gold yeah, Hurt Business shirt. The, yeah, the black and gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, right, I mean, were... it was cool. But like I'm saying, it's not like that New Day Budio shirt. Like that shit was tight. Yeah, I still right. got that shirt. <laughs> but let me ask you guys. Um, I got the cereal box. Let me guys. Oh, did you actually get the cereal box? <laughs> yeah, I got the cereal box. It's out the crib. <laughs> did you try the cereal? Though? Did you did you try the actual cereal? No, when I bought it, I bought it at like one of the Summer Slams, and that shit was empty. So I just filled that that joint with like ones, you know, just just because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So we all was excited then when we saw that Biggie was going to get his solo run. And then he gets his solo run and he eventually gets the WWE championship. One thing I didn't get, I didn't ever it's just someone brought it on to, uh brought it to our attention on our show was as he since the time he had won that belt, up until the time he lost that belt, he had pretty much lost every match he was in, and I couldn't believe that until they brought that to my attention. It doesn't matter if he was a tag team match; he lost that. If it was another uh, match against Roman or whatever, he lost that. He really, as a champion, never got a chance to be a winning champion. He only had it for a small amount of time and lost during that time. And that, and that to me was a little interesting because I, I really thought it was going to be a big push as people seem as if they were excited for Big E and we was going to get a, uh, a much more, um, you know, to see a lot more wins or something to come out of that, but we didn't. Where do you think that went wrong, if anything? I mean, maybe you look at that and say, I don't see anything wrong with that. It went perfect. But it didn't seem like that went well as it should. And where do you think that happened there? I mean, and then, of course, when he took that loss, he took this loss the same way, believe it or not, that Kofi took his loss by the same person in the same quickness. Yeah. Which I question that. I'm just curious – where do you think that went wrong with 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 Big E? I think it was just bad timing. That Brock uh, timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. when Brock come in because yeah. you know there was what rumors going around talking about he wasn't even supposed to lose that that joint that night and this and that. Roman wasn't even available. He had COVID. You know, it was all just bad timing to me. That's all that really was. The run, it sucked. You know, yeah, but very. what can you do? And like, what 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 was it like? Yeah, that joint for like what, three three months or something like that. Two about you know, three months. Like yeah. Two three months. It's dude didn't get a storyline or nothing. He was just out there, really, just kind of just doing shit. And then you know, here comes Brock. Roman's not available. Oh shit! You know, just take it up real quick. So yeah, it, it was trash because to me the timing was awful. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure if that 
kind of goes with the idea um them doing that I, I don't know why they did it but then again i don't i look at their booking and i don't understand why they do a lot of things they just seem to be making decisions and throwing darts against boards and just doing whatever the fuck they want whenever they want to without any kind of real rhyme or reason um so we can look at a lot of things like uh shinsuke nakamura has been intercontinental title or Inter- intercontinental champion for i don't know how long now never defends it never does shit with it he right. just kind of got it Um, I I don't really understand what they're doing. So I feel like Big E was just another uh, victim of really, really, really unintelligible bad booking. Um, But yeah, I thought it was ridiculous that he didn't have a rival. He didn't have a storyline. He didn't have anything. He didn't win any of these matches. It it began and ended with, you won the title. That's it. That's it. You won yeah. the title, and now, all right. But do you feel like some yeah. of that? I feel like, I feel yeah. like he'll get it. I feel like he'll get it again, though. Oh, oh yeah, I so. definitely. I, I feel like he will, just because I feel like, I feel like he will. Just definitely up to his business there. But do you think a lot of that sometimes, too, and maybe it's just me uh, selfishly thinking about it this way, I feel like a lot of that is because they couldn't find the right way to book him as champion. I feel like sometimes there's two ways. Like, like some people are better chasers than title holders, you know, in, in the WWE realm, per se. And I felt like maybe he, it has been talked about, he, is, he, he tries to give creative suggestions. You know, he does play ball from what I've heard. Do you think that if they did allow him, and, and like I said, it's some unsubstantiated, so we don't know, but let's just say, what if he was able to be in the ear of creative, right? And was trying to pitch ideas more often that would have been something that maybe would have been on their radar, but if they had a took the chance, they could have probably worked something within that three months to where he had a better uh, opponent or rival or something like that. And, you know, what do y'all think about that? I think so. I think it would be a lot better if he uh, had a little input in creative because WWE is not really known or known for having, like, really good ideas like that anymore. So why not, you know, have – have some like big or like little ideas out there and you know and show the world how he should be booked. Um I mean I think without rivals it doesn't even matter because without Austin you didn't even have the rock, you know what I mean? Like nope. he had to have all those all those uh, obstacles, all those strong opponents to have him fight in order for him to be something. Like yeah, the rock as a character was cool. But like those stories and those matches and those beefs that he had with Triple H or Austin or Brock or Kurt or anybody, Undertaker, like those those are things that made him like even more cool. They made him more interesting. And Big E didn't have any of that. Wasn't he just like then he like win the strap and then he did like a little survivor series kind of gimmick with like Roman and them and then I don't know. I don't even remember. Something else happened. See, like... Yeah, I think it was something to that right degree where, where they were trying to set up something to where it was like kind of New Day with Biggie with the strap going against the bloodline to a certain extent. They were toying with right. it, I think it was. And it just didn't pan out. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that just like flopped. And then yeah. that just disappeared. And then next you know, he's doing Fatal Four Ways. And then, yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> that over. Was it. Yeah. That was it. But you know, I guess the question you know, comes down to is 
as a as a as a fan myself who liked who loved to see representation of myself on TV. The question I asked myself is, do I want to have a moment with Big E, having that moment of of Kofi, even if it's short lived, or want to be in the position of let's say like AEW where I may not see that representation of me holding a belt at all. Which one would I rather take? And um, I don't know. You know, I, I think I would rather, even if as confusing as it would be, I find <laughs> it that I would, I would still rather see that, it, that it shows that we have some sort of uh, uh, way to become champions in this business, even with Moose. I, I love how Moose got the title. It was most it was the most jacked up way, but it was exciting as yeah, to how tight. it happened. <laughs> you know, and he's still representing it, you know, that title well. But do I rather see that or do I rather not see it at all? And that's what comes to the question. Do you want to see something where it's confusing or bad representation, or do you just rather not see yourself at that level at all? Yeah. When you look at it like that, it's both pretty bad. But I rather, <laughs> right, I rather, <laughs> rather see someone get up there and have that moment than not to have that moment at all. Right. Yeah. If they were sitting there, I was like, "Dad, he he did it. Shit, I can do it too." Right. Well, exactly. So there's there's that. You know, I'm tired of not seeing guys get put on. Like, how many times have seen black talent get on there, do the thing, and then. Poof, yep. they're gone, and it's like, uh, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it so much bad um, representation as I would call it bad booking, you know? The, he was just really a victim of that. You can go down to NXT and see how Carmelo Hayes is being booked, and he looks fucking awesome. Right. And he's really doing his thing right now. He's really putting on, and he's turning heads. Um, I really hope, I really hope that they don't fuck that up. And drop the ball on them like they've done so many others, and then it becomes that same kind of victim uh, of like, hey man, like yeah, you're doing everything right and you're doing everything the the best you could, and you're getting over. But uh, we just decided not to do that because I don't know. Um, but like like I was kind of saying earlier, like there is some great representation, like you were saying with Moose, like he's incredible and he's so good and he's killing it right now. Yeah, uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan, uh, like they may not be the champions right now. And they're not doing a whole lot, but they're such incredible talents. And I really do hope that something uh, better comes along for them not long from now. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, like I said, he's just so incredible. Yeah, and he's so built as well. Um, I love seeing him being the all World champion. I really yeah. hope that as much as I love Bandito, I do hope that Jonathan Gresham does come out on top uh, when they have their match next month or no in april excuse april, me yep. uh because i feel like he really does embody the spirit of ring of honor so much more than a bandito as talented as right. is, i really feel like jonathan gresham is the guy to go with absolutely mm-hmm. i agree 100 yeah. you know i know you know what's so crazy about that is that I, I don't even think like a vince mcmahon would even know what to do with the jonathan grisham you know what i mean he oh, is, hell no he is no. just that he, he would look at him like <laughs> You know, we're gonna <laughs> like an alien or something. Right. <laughs> First off, he's too short. He's too short, so I can't have him for that. But this guy is one of the man, definitely. He's sound. 
Hey, I will say he did. He did do one of the Brian Daniels did. You never know. You never well, know. Well, yeah, and that's and that's interesting. You cool. say that because when I think of Mr. Grissom, I think of I'll say it. Of uh, you know, an equal to uh, Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? Or Daniel Bryan's, wherever, however you want to put it. Like I, he's 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 definitely a sound uh, uh, Matt wrestler. You know what I mean? And like you said, he's perfect person to be holding that belt right now. And when I have been, because I've been watching the last couple of weeks, you know, Impact got me to watch Impact, and I've been seeing him defend that belt. I'm like, man, it's really good. And I stopped watching for like, I think like a half a year. Came back, I was like, wow, a whole new different. You know, and I was like, I was very proud to see that. I think that again, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room, WWE. You know, obviously booking is not on par. They seem like a little out out of touch with almost every type of cultural representation in general. You know, I'm not trying to beat them up, but I'm just saying, you know, repeated mistakes. What is something that I'm gonna put a snare out there, all right? For all three of y'all. A couple years from now, you guys get your uh, your, your your chance to be in WWE. You kind of know what the waters is like, right? But for you, you have that decision to make. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to go through all of that, stand the test of time, wait for your opportunity for them to go green light on something that you can be proud of, your work in a in a WWE round? Or do you forego that and say, look, this is not for me and find a different avenue, believing in yourself, knowing that you could go a different avenue, whether it be AEW, Impact Wrestling, or some other avenue? What would you guys do with that scenario? Yeah, I, I definitely say go with the other. You would still do it? <laughs> I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take that check. So yeah, so yeah. you get the you get the check, you get the exposure. You know, now you can just run along and do whatever the fuck else afterwards. So I rather you know have my name out there, get that little exposure, and get that money, and then, you know, let me go do my thing now. At least you know, at least say I tried and did it. And see where it went instead of just never knowing at all. Like I don't like the unknown, unknown. I'm just let me let me see for myself. See how that shit goes. Yeah, true. Everyone's experiences be different. I feel there's yeah. really no there's no one way you could really answer that because there's one way right there. And let's say financial-wise, I'm definitely do what children to do. Of course, make my money. Why not? Another way. What if I was like, well, I can show these guys I can do this. When you go around all around the AEW, the MLW, the NWA, Impact, you got a big star in those companies. It's like, hey, we want that guy. Come over here, let's sign to a check, and you just go straight up. I was like, hmm. That's the thing. Which, yeah, you really can't. I can't. You really can't answer that. But financial reasons, I'm gonna secure the bag first. Um, I I'd say go the other avenue. Um, like you're kind of saying about. They wouldn't know what to do with the Jonathan Gresham. Well, Jonathan Gresham knows what to do with Jonathan Gresham. You know what I mean? Uh, if he wants to make that money and he wants to be there, then all right, go, by all means, go right ahead. Because at the end of the day, you're still getting your st- job title is still a professional wrestler. Whether you're a professional wrestler on TV holding the title or a professional wrestler laying down, taking the three count, or a professional wrestler hanging out and catering your job title is still a professional wrestler and you're still going to make those checks for being a professional wrestler. But if you wanted to do something more, if you felt like you were more capable, then why not go those other avenues? Because 
Jonathan Gresham has gone that other avenue and it's worked out great for him. And he's doing his what he wants and he's buying a house and he's still making all those checks as a professional wrestler. And he's not having to worry about, oh, how am I being perceived? How are they going to sell me? He's selling himself. He's doing that for himself. He doesn't need the machine behind him to do it for him. And I, for me personally, I kind of prefer that avenue as opposed to let me try to fit myself into whatever square or rectangle or triangle or uh, obtuse angle they want me to be today, uh, depending on who is my agent or who is my boss or who, whose ass I need to kiss in order to get what I feel I should deserve. Because I know for me, if I could turn back the hands of time and go back to my 20s and do some things differently, uh, you know, I would probably end up at that impasse and, and do much the same. Uh, sharp. I'd be the same. You know, for me, I would want my body at work because I believe in myself. And, you know, yeah, the check's going to come. But, it, you know, I, it's like the saying goes, you got to do it my way. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't want to fit in a box because it just don't work well for me. I mean, in this current state, in this current land that we find ourselves in, there's so many avenues. Like, you don't have to go there. You don't. And there's so many people that are proving that. The Bucks prove that, you know? They didn't have to go there in order to be successful. They made their own shit, and they're still successful. They're doing it, and they're giving opportunities to so many other people who wouldn't get those opportunities there. Uh, A dude like Darby Allin, they would have no fucking clue what to do with him. None. They would try to put him in a box. They would try to label him. They would try to uh, fuck all this shit up. It would never work. Whereas in AEW, hey man, here's your face paint. Here's your skateboard. Get out there. And he's on top right now. He's one of their best guys. And it's easy to see because he's doing like we were talking about when we first started this shit. Just being yourself. He just being himself. And he knows exactly who he is. And he knows exactly how to play that. If you can do that, you're more powerful than anybody can tell you who you are and who you aren't. Uh, somebody who's close to us, who I feel is really uh, doing that, is Chris Bay. Chris Bay knows exactly who the fuck he is, and he's not going to let anybody talk down to him, disrespect him, or give him any less than he feels he deserves. And he's he could be anywhere in the world, but he is where he feels he's going to be best at right now. And when he feels otherwise, I think he's going to go and change and do what he thinks is going to be best for him. And people are going to be paying, be paying for him because he is a commodity already. And he did that all by himself. So, yeah. fellas, let me ask you this question. We, we made a lot of really good points, like really, really good points. Now I want to turn it over to uh, let's talk about, you know, our perspective on you know, black females in pro wrestling, you know, just, just in general, I've noticed that a bigger uh, presence in women's wrestling as of late, where do you feel as far as the state of, you know, black women being picturized in pro wrestling? Do you feel like there's some, been some good instances that y'all want to share or there's some maybe uh, better ways they could, they could be booked themselves. Any good examples that come to y'all minds? I tell you one thing. I just started getting my uh, girlfriend's daughter to watch wrestling. I purposely put on this match for her because I knew she would get hooked. It was Bailey Sasha Banks from that takeover. Brooklyn. She is just, yep, 
she's just sitting there hooked. I was like, ah, right there. She literally saw herself. She's like, I want to be Sasha Banks. I was like, that's what I'd like to see right there. Representation. And I also got to give a shout out to Jazz and Miss Jackie Moore because without them, really, you really wouldn't see the influx of black women wrestling nowadays. Absolutely. Um, I feel like that is definitely where the barriers come in um, because you have so many talented black women and they're just not doing shit. And it's really unfortunate. Like Naomi should be doing so much more because not only is she great in the ring, but I feel like she's got a really great character. Uh, the exact same, if not even more, with somebody like Bianca Belair. Um, yeah, like the I feel like the the barrier to get over, the barrier to like come across, the barrier to get yourself in those positions is a lot harder if you're a black woman in the business. What would you say, Shogun? I would, I would, I would agree with Greg Sharp, but not, not fully, only because, you know, Bianca Belair, she got up there to me. She got up there mad quick, and yeah. she got the, she got the headline WrestleMania with Sasha Banks. So, given that, I'm kind of like, they're, you know, they're getting there. You know, they're, they're up there, they're doing it. To me, I just like there's just not enough. You know, like we, we did mention Naomi. But who else can we really mention like that? that sure, feel sure. Like, you know, that could be up there. You know, it's just, to me, it's not enough. You know, we got Jade, Cargill, and AW. Like, how many, how many black females is like there in AW like that? You know what I'm saying? It's, to me, it's not, it's not enough. Let yeah. Me- if anything, I kind of really choke out of like, as I was saying that, I was thinking, like, damn, like, there's Bianca Belair, there's Sasha. Uh, there's Naomi, um, and that's not even their fault, you know. There's just not as much talent, unfortunately. Um, yeah, like even here in Vegas, uh, we just have Moss, and there's just not enough female talent out there. Like even if we count all of the women that we have here, it, it's five, uh, if I, unless I'm missing somebody. And then you try to go to California, and there's just not there. So there's not enough women in the business, but there's especially not enough black women in the business. Boom. Well, that's interesting. I mean, um, is is there, do you think there's a reason why there's not more in the business? You think they just don't want to do it? Or do you think it's because they don't see enough uh, representation in it or enough value into it or what what makes you think they're not wanting to try to be a part of the industry? What if there are some, but we just don't know of them? There's definitely, there's definitely talent out there, but for whatever reason, I don't know, they're not getting signed. And that could be a, a color thing. That could be a talent thing. That could be a million different things. So I can't just sweep it under like, oh, because you're a black woman, you're not going to get signed. I don't know. And like Classic saying, there could be tons of talent, and we just don't know of it. I, I can think of a few um, black females currently on the independent circuit, but um, yeah, it's definitely not as much as the men. No. You know, I, I, I want to mention something that, that yeah, I didn't mention earlier. So I remember a long time ago, 
uh, it was brought to, uh, you know, the question of, uh, you know, more prominent uh, blacks being represented in wrestling in general, right? And they asked Mark Henry, and I'm going to paraphrase, and I remember exactly what he said word for it, but he basically said that, you know, a lot of it has to do with exposure. You know, through time, wrestling is starting to be exposed more broader in neighborhoods. And I know, I remember I speak, I spoke to Impact to somewhat of this subject, like, you know, us older guys back in the 80s, I remember, you know, growing up in my neighborhood, people were like, well, what you getting into, man? I'm, I'm about to watch uh, uh, wrestling on Saturday. And it was like, wrestling? What, what are you talking about? You know, because that's just not what I grew up with majority of people in my neighborhood watching. Do you feel like some of that is the same exposure with regards to um, obviously women, but also black women? Do you feel like, you know, um, we need more um, uh, Sasha Banks and, um, you know, Bianca Belairs, you know, the more that we get, the more we can expose, the more they can maybe want to try. Well, I think you kind of mentioned it right there. Like we, we talk about it because all of us, like we're all here because of how much we love wrestling, but we do kind of forget that wrestling's really not that popular of an entertainment source. And it definitely wasn't, hasn't been for the past 10, 20 years, you know what I mean? Uh, Not Mm. since the Attitude Era. And then 2002 kind of came along and everybody fell the fuck off. And then it was just like 15, 16 years of just like, oh, you're watching wrestling? Like getting weird looks and nobody wanted to be a part of it. And the only person anybody even really knew was John Cena. Um, So, yeah, there just wasn't that many stars and people just weren't into it. And now we're kind of coming into this big boom of pro wrestling, especially – on the independent circuit and even with AEW springing up um, now there's a lot more wrestling and it's a little bit cooler to watch wrestling and people are more accepting of it. But there was like a really, really long time, even when wrestling was popular that people were still, it had the stigmatism to it. Like, Oh yeah, that fake shit. Oh, you're watching that. Like, Oh, I can't believe it. That's for children. That's for idiots. You know? Now, did y'all ever get that growing up? I'm gonna be real with you, because I, Hell yeah, girl, girl, I, especially growing up in Louisiana, people like they would say this line, they'd be like, "Man, that's white people shit." Like, what the hell are you watching wrestling yeah. for? I would get that. And yeah. like, man, that's, that's my shit. Yeah, I would get, I would get that. You watching wrestlers? Like, just call it wrestling. Just, just call it wrestling. Yes, I still watch it. Don't, yeah, don't fuck with me. Yeah, I've always got, I've always got clowned on for like. Liking wrestling, so it's like, oh yeah, that shit is so stupid. Oh my god, so fake. You know, it's like, man, what the fuck ever. This is my shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Either you get it or you don't get it. Like, you can talk to somebody nowadays, even today, and they won't be like disrespectful to you. But I don't know, they'll kind of talk to you like you're a child or you're an idiot, or they'll kind of like start talking like a child or something. They're like, oh yeah, wrestling. Bro. <laughs> you know, like they they go up on the top rope and they they like slam the guy down. Oh, yeah, 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 the wrestling, yeah, yeah, like that fucking conversation. So it, it's just this thing. It's like this thing that you either get or you don't get, you know what I mean? And there's a ma- like a massive portion of the population that just doesn't get it. And there's even more massive of a population that doesn't get it because there happen to be black females. Um, would more representation help? Probably. Uh, but that's just hypop. That's just... An idea like there's no real way to test it you know what i mean um maybe sasha banks and naomi are doing gangbusters and they're helping more young black women see that they can be in pro wrestling or be interested in pro wrestling but there's no real way to gauge that or 
pull that as a statistic, except for, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 years down the line, you get a line of women lined up to be in progressing school, and they're like, yeah, I love Sasha Banks, and that's why I'm here. Just look at Bianca Belair in the main event of WrestleMania. You had little girls in the crowd with like long, long ass braids. Like, give give them like 10, 20 years, like you said. You see them in wrestling school. You you could probably find our next generation's big, big start from that. Yeah, there isn't a, a whole lot of like black female like role models like that. I mean, there is now, of course, but yeah. back then, not really. You can't really right. like, me. What drew me in as a wrestler, it was like, I could relate to, you know, Farouk. I could relate to The Rock, you know. I could relate to these guys, you know. But for women, you didn't really have that much to be choosing from. So, of course, you know, they're not, they're not fucking with it. Especially their attitude, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, especially you, like... You, uh, have, you, had a, you had Jacqueline and then... Jazz... Jazz, jazz after what like what like ten years later you had jazz no no like five years later you had jazz and then you know that's that was much, it that's pretty much it and then I think we're forgetting that like it's only been in the past like seven years like for real that women have even had good representation because prior to that yeah. it was fucking bullshit big titty no talent ass uh managers or these stupid ass bra and panty matches or these stupid ass gimmick matches or lingerie matches and all of them girls was, were they're terrible it was only like lita trish stratish beth phoenix uh you can you can name all of them like molly holly on one or two hands victoria ivory or even like good wrestlers. Everybody else was just like mm-hmm. they 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 had nothing. They had no respect, they had no talent, and they were kind of presented as such. It's not awesome for about uh awesome Kong too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome Kong definitely represented, oh, yeah. I think in, in in many ways, because you know, obviously she didn't fit the mold per se. No, no. But she came in a wreck shop. She was taking names. Yeah. I mean, in that matches she had with Gail Kim were epic. They was going yeah. back and forth. Oh yeah. See, but that's in the know. And really like up until I no, even still now, like you gotta kinda be like a foot into the business or foot into watching wrestling to even know what TNA or impact is. You know what I mean? Uh, I like for them that, yeah. For the most part, people don't know, like the general audience, they don't know Impact. So, yeah, Austin Kong was killing it. But you had to already be kind of deep cuts in the pro wrestling business to even know who the hell she was or where she was wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, Spike TV, yeah. But yeah, shout out to her because, yeah, she's she's fucking tight. She was She was lit. Yeah, hell yeah. Dude, she was just trying to be in the ring. It's like, get the oh, fucking spinning ass back this. Even just yeah, her coming out kid. was the shit. It was like, yes. oh, fuck, these bitches are dead. Over here. <laughs> she was on. <laughs> but you know, it, it's interesting how, like, you know, Sharp, you was talking about how unless you really do watch the product, you're not going to have that, that type of attention span to really look deep into a promotion like TNA before it became Impact and seeing that. But, you know, that just kind of goes to show the point a little bit of the more creative control you possibly have or at least open dialogue with maybe creative. You know, I, I know different promotions have different standards in the way things are done structure wise. Right. But the more you're able to possibly pitch ideas like an awesome comp. 
you see what I'm saying? If she had went to WWE, in fact, when they took her to WWE and had her as Karma, we immediately saw the difference between Karma versus Awesome Kong. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally yeah. watered down. I think we mentioned it earlier with regards to, uh, you know, Willie Mack or, you know, uh, any type of, you know, person that's pictured that way would be watered down. Um, would you guys say that maybe instead of we're talking about in-ring uh, uh, talent, do we maybe need to see more people of color behind the scenes, writers, creative? Do you feel like that's a void that we have not had the opportunity to kind of fill that void? Do you think that would definitely help convey a little bit of maybe with, with some booking problems that, that, that seem to be plaguing major uh, promotions? Oh, that that would definitely help. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would definitely help big time. I remember yeah, the new sure. day was talking about it. Like they, one of the guys that was uh, one of their writers was somebody like them, not just black, but also like not the stereotypical. And he was into the same stuff, like anime and video games and all that kind of stuff that they liked and had a lot of the same experiences growing up. So that was their guy that helped them like figure out stuff and write stuff and come up with stuff. And if there was more of that across the board, then yeah, I think that would help out everybody. Oh yeah, it definitely would help. Yeah, exactly. It would definitely have someone who's just like you writing your stuff for you because no one else is know what you what you sound like unless it was you or someone else who's just like you. Right. I think the the main thing that was the problem with stereotypes is that stereotypes don't come from people that look like me or have experiences like me. They come from someone else and they're like telling me, oh, this is what we think of you, so you need to go out there and portray it. It's like, no, that's that's not how it is. Like, oh yeah, we watched black people on TV and black people do this, this, and this, so you as a black person are now going to go do this, this, and this. Like, you, you don't know my experience and that's not even like real, how it really is like so how am i even supposed to portray this and then it comes off as fake and then that's when you get something like bad representation you know what i mean they think that's oh yeah be, they think it's supposed to be society's way of a black person's supposed to be but it's not how this works yeah it's not you, how this you, works at all you can't be black and teach somebody how to be mexican like yeah. Right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. I can't tell somebody how to go be Puerto Rican. Like, hey, yeah. I've never lived that life. You need somebody who has. Exactly. Right. It's hard to just. Hey, here you go. This was on television. This is what <laughs> y'all be representing. <laughs> so I'm. I need you to go and do the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody actually followed that and like, hey, man, I think Puerto Rico is supposed to act like Carlito. Does anybody have an apple that he can bite into and just spit in the face of people that ain't cool? Like, that wouldn't fly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to hear the rest of that conversation. Like, what? Right, right. I'm, I'm hoping that... Yeah, man, I heard you guys go to the cookout and stuff like that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about what? Yeah. I see you guys was tweeting tweet about this. Like, cookouts? Uh, you were saying you do something about that, right? I think that's how you get to something like Chum Benjamin with Big Mama. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's how you get to that yeah. kind of thing. You know, yeah. like some that was just some writer who's like, oh, you know, that, that's how y'all be. <laughs> so we got you a Big Mama. <laughs> Whoa! And then Chum <laughs> Benjamin just made a company man. Like, fuck, dude. I guess I gotta do this. Yeah. Well, I guess at some love, point, as the, I, I guess at some point. As the, <laughs> As the talent, you you have to kind of decide, you know, how far 
you want to go with what you're being presented with? You know, do you want to, do you want that payday or you just go, nah, that, I can't do that. You got to figure out something else for me. And if not, just risk not, not being on. I mean, our truth is all I got to say. Our truth. That's a very good example. He, he just takes whatever he, on the chain, he just makes it work. He makes He turns it into money. I, our truth. I would definitely do that. Yeah. I don't want to make it work. Yeah, I feel I mean, like yeah. for me, mm-hmm. if it was like if it was like mad racial to me, I'm out. I'm not doing that. That's also good, but that's also another point. Yeah. 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 Like if it's like like mad racist to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is sound like the move, and they're still trying to go with it. I'm out. You know, whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna embarrass myself just for money, nah, bro. Let me ask you this question. That's a very good uh, statement. So if y'all remember on WWE with Jinder Mahal, that whole fiasco, I think he was um, saying something that, that was just unsatisfy- uh, unsatisfactory for everybody else, uh, the way Shinsuke Nakamura looked or something like that. I think, I yeah, I think it was talking about the way he talked to his actual yeah, the way. Yeah. Do you kind of feel oh, like... Who, Shinsuke or... Uh, yeah, Jinder was saying that about Shinsuke. Um, yeah. 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 Oh. And I mean, and, and people blew it out of proportion. It turned into this huge mushroom cloud. I mean, just crazy. Um, do you feel that like, all right, if they took that almost that same stick, because he was kind of going on a racial tear that was kind of they were they were straddling that borderline of because of the color of his skin or because, you know, he was saying because he's he's Indian that he's not given certain opportunities and stuff. I, I remember that was kind of the narrative was saying. Would that definitely? What's the difference between that if that was tailored to a black man, right? And then before you make that answer, look back at the nation of domination and kind of how they were just very militant, like borderline. I, I always thought thought they were like the Black Panther Party. You know, the representation of WWE looked at the Black Panther Party. Let's just make the Black Panther Party for WWE. Would you say that that's that's something that could still go? To this day, do you feel like that that's a bo- a boundary? Um, I don't feel like it's not still a go, but you know, when you start going into that realm, it's kind of like, all right, that's being just pretty racist instead of just like you know actually giving it a chance because people automatically see stuff like that and they're just like, oh, I don't like that. That's pretty. That's pretty racist. You know, people are just so quick to post stuff like that. So. It wouldn't get by in like like today's like today's like art of wrestling. I don't feel like it would, but you know, I just feel like with stuff like that, you just try to make something work, but it's going down to being racist. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It, it, there's a so many factors from like time and who and when and why and what, uh, because I remember there's a video that still goes around. It's still like. Uh, positive reaction, at least I, from what I see, I didn't read the comments or anything, from this old video from like 2003. It was The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, uh, where on. The Rock is like making fun of the way Eddie Guerrero talks, and he's like, Arriba, Arriba. You know what I mean? Uh, you guys know that promo? <laughs> nah, th- th- yeah, I, think, I, think I remember that. You know? Yeah, yeah and it's still great. funny as it's hell. Great. You know, it's yeah. still really funny. 
And I, but I think nowadays people, uh, it's not racist, but people are just so sick of being like treated that way. Like, hey man, and now they finally have the voice of being like, that's not how I fucking talk. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah, that's true. And oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, not, it's not even The Rock's fault. It's the people who see that for, on their TV and then they think it's cool to go out and treat somebody like that. And that's kind of the part where people want to like, hey, don't do that. If The Rock does it and it's part of the show and it's funny, it's like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. Um, but when the guy who's watching that and goes out and treats some dude wrong or like disrespects somebody because he thinks it's funny because he saw somebody who was like legitimately funny doing it, then that's where it becomes fucked up. And also with the way Jinder Mahal did it, it, it just it wasn't funny, you know? Uh, it had maybe he wasn't over enough. Maybe it just was. It was bad entertainment. It was really just bad entertainment. It was bad writing. It was bad. It was poorly done by gender. Um, I think all that kind of plays a factor into it. Where like you see The Rock doing it, it's like, oh man, that's really funny. Um, I feel like because it was like someone like The Rock who is known for being an entertainer is different because I don't see General Hall being funny. You know what I'm saying? No. In that kind of light. So I'm going to take it a certain way other right. than if The Rock would have said it. You know, I think that's yeah. I think that's a factor as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, guys, we're going to start uh, we're going to start wrapping up. But I want to get this uh, one of these last questions is what do you want to see going forward as we continue to watch and enjoy pro wrestling i know right now i i am enjoying seeing bobby lashley right now holding the wwe title i think he looks great in it i think he's great representation of it it's exciting to see um the build up for him i mean he's got an awesome he's got awesome music awesome promo pyro i mean he is built up it's not just throwing something together um you know i'm enjoying moose as him being uh champion i mean he has the same Look on his face when he walks down the ring, but you know, you know when he's coming, he's going to be uh, bringing business to the ring. You know, um, even with uh, you know, you got Jay Cargo right now as your as your TBS Women's Champion. Um, you know, so we're beginning to see uh, some of that, and 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 I'm enjoying when I see that representation. Um, what what are you guys hoping to 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 see going forward? In in pro wrestling in general, and I'll either one of you can start. More breaking of barriers, man. Yeah, more breaking of barriers. More black, more black people getting into wrestling. Okay. So I remember when I first Not started training. One. When I first started training, there's one guy. He's like, man, please, please stick with this. We need more black people in wrestling. I was like, all right. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's just what I needed. Let's go. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Classic. Yeah, I can agree because um, for as long as I've been around from Arizona, I've known Jay Garland and Mr. Classic, and that's about it. <laughs> so please stick around. <laughs> hey, 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 you know what? You know Watson also. Oh, yeah, Watson. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Watson. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I first started, it wasn't that many 
it was that much color when I first started. And I was like, what, 2017? Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I started 16. Yeah, I remember before I even started training, Watson was actually the first person I met, actually. So, Yeah, he was one of the first people I met, too. So that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we just need some more ambitious black folk to jump on board with us. Yeah, man. Can I look forward to seeing you guys continuing your career and maybe I'll see you on one of these promotions and holding that belt or, or you're just kind of doing this as something, you know, just, just, to, just to kill time, something for fun to do. You know, how, how serious is this for you all at the moment? Yeah, just to kill oh, time before I'm out of here, right? No, no, no. <laughs> The, the shit we do to our bodies, you think this ain't this shit ain't for fun, dog? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, me personally, I really want to see. On. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's going for. It. Everybody's trying to get it. Me personally, I I want to see. I want to see, of course, more on my TV screen. But right now, the independence is also really blowing up with incredible black talent. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place, and I'd really like to see them be able to branch out more internationally as well. Uh, there's a couple of guys coming up in in England that are really talented, like OJMO, but uh, it's just so few and far between. I remember I was just on a show in Ireland back in December, and a dude jumped out of his seat because I came out, because it, on that show, it was just me and OJMO. It, that was it. And he, he told me when I got to talk to him, he's like, I was so excited to see you, because you're, you and him are, that's it. That's all that we got. Yeah. Uh, so but we have so much talent here in the United States. I love to see them over in Canada. I love to see them over in Mexico. I love to see them in Japan. I love to see them overseas in Europe. Uh, so I'm just hoping to see, like, not just getting signed and being on AEW and Impact and MLW and, and WWE, of course. I'd just like to see us be everywhere yeah. because there's so many of us right now and just keep coming, just keep coming and just keep being talented and keep breaking barriers and, breaking the mold like we have been doing over the past five, six years. Mm. Yes, sir. Awesome. Okay. Well, good, man. Uh, fellas, I'm going to let you uh, now take the last word and go ahead and promote whatever you got coming up. I want to say we we definitely appreciate you coming on and having this discussion. This was our first time doing this, and so we're going to hopefully make this – uh, a conversation we do annually, so we'll probably bang, bring you back on next year and see if we made some improvements. <laughs> you know, yeah. three hundred five oh, yeah. days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know for a fact y'all gonna make some improvements. It ain't about how you gonna do it; it's when you gonna do it. And I know when it's gonna happen, and I'll be able to sit with my son and and say, "Hey, you know, a couple of you guys, my son has already seen y'all live and was cheering for y'all." So you know, at the end of the day, it's good for us older guys to show that succession and y'all part of that so i, I appreciate y'all mm-hmm. no doubt I appreciate you man uh mr classic man tell us what you got going on man you want the people to know about all right izw February 26th i take on ej sparks don't worry i'm already planning to get the dub i'm already moving on to my world title shot phoenix championship wrestling don't know who my opponent is yet doesn't matter still looking forward to getting the dub looking to get back to vegas soon Want to get back to Salt Lake City with Devotion Championship Wrestling. And, you know, Twitter, PA Classic underscore, Instagram, Mr. underscore PA Classic. Thanks, guys, for having me. No doubt. Shogun, what you want to tell the people? Um, I got a show February 19th at AWF with my man Hero doing STBD. 
and we uh we plan on taking that those tag team straps from them and then uh just continue our you know tag team of mass destruction all right awesome gregory sharp what you want to say man yeah you can find me on instagram at g sharp for real uh with an e please g sharp with an e uh, hey, uh, let me <laughs> um, February 18th, I'm going to be back at FSW. February 20th, you can catch me coming back to Chicago in Galilucha. February 25th, I'm back here for Versus Pro Wrestling at the Level Up Expo. Then on the 26th and 27th, I will be in Washington in Everett and um, – Bellingham, excuse me, Bellingham, and then Everett for uh, Without a Cause and 5CC Wrestling. And then next month, uh, I'll, let y'all, I'll let y'all see what I'm doing next month, too. I'm right. getting booked on, like, every day. <laughs> hey, got to stay safe. It ain't enough, right? It ain't enough. I'm so fucking hungry. <laughs> I ain't got shit to do this week, and I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> my man is super on. Look from on my Instagram. Uh, follow me at Shogun the God. That's, you know, Shogun the God. You know, Twitter and Instagram. THA, right? Same username. Yeah, THA. The God, not not D A T A. Okay, and I got some fire ass memes. Like, let's go. That's you facts. are like the meme guy. I will facts. tell you that. Facts. Shogun, I'm not, I'm not you wake me up in the morning, bro. bro. You you wake me up in the morning with your memes, man. I'll be flipping through your storyline. You <laughs> having my ass laughing, man, for real. Like, you gotta get a lip. before you watch one of those. You'll really, you'll really appreciate. Oh it yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the key to my memes. You gotta get a lip. really start feeling them joys. <laughs> that's awesome, guys. And and by the way, anyone that's listening, definitely follow these guys, even if they're not, um, you know, in your area. If you follow them, you never know when they may be. Okay, and we're always trying to build that social media up so that we can um, we can continue to support. It's all about indie wrestling. You know, that's how we get to the next level. That's how we keep the, the, the money coming in for these guys. And they, they're performing. We're enjoying what they do. This is entertainment that we love. So please definitely follow them and, um, and continue to follow us as well. We appreciate you for hanging out with us. We will have more of this show coming up. I would say this this week, maybe even more next week. We're still calling and seeing who wants okay. to have the conversation. So we'll keep doing that. Thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, fellas, again. Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.